This is Meet the Movie Press. It's Friday, January the 31st. On the show this week, nobody asked for Lethal Weapon 5, Birds of Prey reactions, and Little Shop of Taron, plus the week's reviews and the box office. Stay tuned! Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now... Here's Popcorn Talks, meet the movie press. And that's how I bought my Oscar on eBay. Hello, <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, It's Friday, January the 31st. Uh, it's under the table, I'll show you later. Yeah. Uh, and that is an Oscar, don't worry, I'm not being offensive. Uh, January 31st, it's a Friday, welcome back. This is Meet the Movie Press. Uh, it's very good to be back. Uh, it's been a very busy month, January, uh, with work and everything else, but it's nice to be back here to round out the month. We started out, it's nice to come back and, and yeah. finish it off. Uh, big day today, it's the weekend before the Oscars. All the Oscars guys are casting their votes. They're all sitting at home watching those screeners they haven't watched but are being told to watch. Going like, yeah. eh, can I be bothered? I've got brunch. <laughs> and then, of course, there's Brexit in the UK. So everybody, hold on tight for that one. <laughs> anyway, joining me on the panel this week, uh, Scott Menzel. Welcome back, Scott thank Menzel. Thank you, thank you. For thank those you. people who perhaps haven't seen the show before or perhaps don't know who you are, uh, who are you and where can we find you? Hi, I am Scott Menzel, founder of We Live Entertainment. You can find my stuff over there as well as on the Twitters at the other Scott M. Fantastic. And John Roker. Hello. <laughs> we are truly, truly honoured, <laughs> truly honoured to have the outlaw on the show. How are you, John? By the way, I tried to give a really good speech at the HCA Awards, and I was immediately cut off by the cardinal mistake of saying the actor's name before uh, <laughs> before I finish the speech. We all know actors run up as soon as they hear their names. My massive mistake. But it's exciting to be here with you guys. I'm excited to be on Meet the Movie Press. You know, Simon, I've tried to come on so many times. You have. The, you know, other work commitments have been unable to, so I'm excited to be here. But I did not get the computer memo. I didn't get the popcorn <laughs> top mug totally memo. Uh, the reason is because most of the comments are about you. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, we just, you know, wanted to make it a little less awkward. So, yeah, right, right. That's fair, that's uh, but obviously fair. the people in the chat, you mentioned the fact that this is a live show and we do have chat, um, as many other shows do. Uh, we have people in the chat already this morning. Film Nerd Jamie, uh, happy to be back for my first live show in ages. Film Nerd Jamie, it's great to have you back. Uh, MK Songbird, hey all. Dick Smoker, good morning. Ooh, good morning, Dick Smoker. Hello. Uh, Richard, nice to have you back. Uh, Luke Skywanker, uh, it's a loaded <laughs> Meet the Movie Press this week. Lots of juicy news nuggets. Great to have a little S-A-N-S with a cup of coffee and a scone uh, and also a J everybody loves a J in the morning uh, MK Songbird just read that Gareth Evans The Raid begins shooting his next film Havoc in August stoked mm. for that along with wherever his Gangs of London series releases this year Cammy Egan good morning movie fans and welcome back to meet the movie press which is a great point to jump into the news of the week news of the week <laughs> okay uh, guys Lethal Weapon 5 um, there was a round table for the Hollywood Reporter this week um Lethal Weapon 5 apparently might happen. Uh, this is coming from the producer of the movie, did a piece with uh, The Hollywood Reporter, and said that basically Dick Donner's back, good old Dick. Mm-hmm. Dick Donner, Richard Donner, who I actually <laughs> thought had died. Um, wow. Mel, yeah, well, that's Hollywood. Uh, Mel Gibson, we don't hear a lot from Dick Donner these days. No, that's true. No, we no. do not. Uh, everybody misses Dick. Uh, and obviously we have, uh, we have apparently Mel Gibson coming back and Danny Glover coming back as well. What? What? Right. Exactly. So first of all, uh, point one, are you glad that Lethal Weapon might be coming back. Uh, John, let's go with you first. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. I, uh, listen, unless... Uh, what? Listen, Danny Glover was too old for this shit in the first movie. Mm. How old is he now? I am not excited about this at all because 
already bad boys for life pushed the limits of my believability <laughs> on seeing these guys solve crimes and be in an action film. And by the way, it is an action film franchise. Yeah. Danny Glover will have to be in a wheelchair at this point. This is ridiculous to me. But that being said, as a lover of 80s nostalgia, a lover of this kind of things. If they can make it work by bringing in like a younger, uh, 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 you know, twosome that they're training, maybe make them both female, mm. then I'm absolutely down with it. Somebody mentioned like Michael B. Jordan and uh, Florence Pugh would be a great thing that could come in as kind of schooling them in that way. Kind of the old running scared film from the 80s where they have the older cops schooling the younger cops about what to do. That I could get involved in. Maybe it's Martin Riggs. And he's dragging Danny Glover out of retirement for this one final case. I don't know. But either way, it just doesn't make sense to me because they're way too old to be out there solving crimes. Well, a couple of points on that. I mean, first of all, I mean, as you say, we, you know, he said we too old for this shit like over 20 years <laughs> ago. <laughs> that shit is now like that dog shit you see that ago. goes white and dusty. <laughs> that's that's how old the shit that he's now yeah, too yeah. old for is. Um, and I do like the idea of having younger people in there. But... It kind of worked for me with Bad Boys for Life, but it didn't really work. And you did say the female word, and that will upset some people. So we'll see. I mean, I think they're interesting ideas, but Scott, you obviously got comments on this as well. I mean, I just... I remember when they did the TV series a couple years ago, and there was always, like, after every season, there was some kind of controversy that came up about it that I'm just kind of shocked to hear that this is even a topic of conversation right Mm. now. Because I feel like that show just ended like a year or two ago. Yep. And I just remember someone left the cast and someone yeah. said this on there. And there was this. Um, but to go to this guy's point, I mean, honestly, this like, guy. it's just why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. I, 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 and we're it's like the solution to everything. Bring in some new recruits. Like how many times we're going to say that and True. do that over and over again. Just let it die. It's like an unfunny police academy, which is Police Academy 7. Um, (laughs) They finally got unfunny in 7. They finally got unfunny. People need to give that franchise a little more love. Oh, I know. 1 to like 4 are like great. Yeah, and 5 and 6 are watchable. 7, not I've seen funnier Colin Oscar piece. But yeah, I mean, the thing is, it's not just a case of, you know, know, do we need this? I think it's the fact that I was saying this to to Ryan, who's in the booth today, um, that if you're under probably 25... Do you want to see yeah. two old guys running? It's kind of fine every now and again. I mean, Liam Neeson has kind of done the running around old guy thing. But it's like it just isn't as convincing and it isn't as authentic. You've got a Tom Cruise who can throw himself off a building and break a leg and still carry on running because he's, you know, he's the fucking G-O-A-T. Yeah. He's the goat. Yeah. Um, but but then I don't know if Mel Gibson can do that and Danny Glover. I don't know if they're bankable stars anymore. I mean, mm. certainly Mel can put butts on seats when he needs to. But this is not the that was not the lethal weapon audience. And I think they would have been better placed to do what has happened with Beverly Hills Cop and make it a Netflix movie, yes, rather than a theatrical movie. Because I think there are people who kind of see this as a bit of old hat. Mm. So they won't spend fifteen dollars, but they will sit at home on their asses. And stick it on just in case it's right. okay. Just I, I also just think that when you look at the success of Bad Boys, the last one, yep. Yep. you at least have Will Smith, who is still, you know, well known in the industry. Right. And right. People are really craving for more Will Smith movies. You yep. know, not everything he does is a hit, but this is a brand that he created and he's still popular and he's still being talked about actively in the industry. Yeah. Mel Gibson, like, I mean, besides when he's directing, no one really talks about Mel Gibson because of all the stuff that he that right. happened with him. 
Danny Glover. <laughs> I mean, like, he's like pops up in a movie for like five minutes. He's in Sorry to Bother You for like five minutes. You're yeah. like, oh, that guy. How yeah. are you, guy? Yeah, like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like Last Black Man in San Francisco. Right, he's right, really good right. in that. Yeah. So it's not about the fact that no. Danny Glover isn't a great actor. He is. No, not right. At all. But you're right. He's not putting butts in seats. No. And, and he and, just pops up small roles. Yeah, small roles. Are what, and, and I think you make a great point, Simon, talking about Ryan. This is what I come back to all the time. Studios tell you all the time. TV networks tell you all the time. Our demographic is 18 to, what, 25 or 35. Yeah. Yep. But And so how many of those people are actually going to see this? Bad Boys for Life work because it's a 90s property. That's somewhat two decades ago. This is a 30-year-old property. You yep. know, I was in my teens when I saw <laughs> yeah. this thing. So to me, talk about this. I don't know who this is for yeah. because is there an audience that's big enough to go and make money off this who's going to go see this thing and put it into the millions? I don't no, we saw Terminator Dark Fate crash and burn as an 80s nostalgia thing. Yep. Halloween survived. That's a 70s nostalgia thing, but it also went on a low budget. Unless Gibson directs this and it's a bloody, gory, lethal weapon, I don't know what the attraction is and I don't know how many people actually go and see this, yep. which is why your Netflix point makes sense. The older crowd that this would be for is quite happy being sedentary and watching this thing on Netflix. And right. it, it is a risk anyway because obviously, you know, Scott, Scott mentioned the um, uh, the fact that it was a TV show which ran for three seasons and ended last year and, you know, that wasn't exactly a happy ship. You know, Damon in the first right. two seasons didn't get on with his co-star and then uh, Sean William Scott came in to replace him and then Damon was like, fuck this, I'm out of here and it kind of came to an end. But, even though the, the the viewing figures for that were okay, it didn't right. set the world alight. Right, and it know? didn't connect to the original. It didn't no. connect franchise. to the original. No. You didn't see Gibson or Glover no. or anybody from the franchise. I mean, they had a lot of those original characters. You know, obviously, you know the Riggs and Mertz are in the in the, right. in the first two seasons. But apart from that, there was no other connection. Yeah. It was really by name. Would they be better off though not doing Lethal Weapon and continuing this? And I like the idea of having a new generation kind of coming in and maybe someone you know like Florence Pugh. I mean. Anything in the Puniverse, <laughs> I am down for. I am down for the Puniverse. <laughs> she is awesome. But right. not have it as lethal weapon. Set it up as a new franchise. But have it existing in the same universe. But that would take too much effort. That would take too <laughs> much Scott, effort. Scott, the crusher <laughs> of dreams. Yes. The too crusher much of dreams. Yeah. So Make yeah. something that has a similar plot, but to call it something different? No, no, no. No, 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 no. Let's talk about Dick. Um, <laughs> sure. Uh, it's a Friday morning, so sure. this is what we're going to do. Uh, Richard Donner. My I mean, yep. if he is coming back to direct this, and I mean this in no disrespectful way to Richard Donner, Aren't there other people who might be able to do this yeah. that, you know, are younger? Yeah, look, Michael Bay didn't direct Bad Boys for Life. Yeah. That's a reason. There's a reason for that. Michael understands where his... Well, thank God he made Sex Underground. <laughs> yeah. No, really glad he... Fair enough. Is a great thank movie. You, what Fair a great movie. Yeah. Fair enough. But I think he understood. He goes, I am too old to be directing this thing to yeah. make it topical. Mm. So let's bring in these two two directors who really had only directed shorts and they really knocked it out of the park with that yeah. film. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, there are definitely younger directors you can bring in other than Richard Donner or Robert Zemeckis. Like, I hear about Zemeckis <laughs> as well wanting to come back and I'm like, Everybody look at the Walter Hill. Like, just yeah. look at Walter Hill. Yeah. That is the test case. When you start out young, it's great. It's rare that a director can maintain that as they get older. Yeah, you can you can love people and love their work, but it's like you don't necessarily have to back them for everything. It's kind of this blind backing isn't yeah. isn't healthy. Uh, Scott, who would you like to suggest then for, for this? For a director? for a director. Oh, I don't know. It's a tough call. Uh, why don't we just put this out there? The Sadafi brothers. Oh, okay. 
They okay. could probably breathe some new life into this. That'd the be uncut gem guys. Is yeah. it the Safety Brothers? Oh, yeah. yeah, all right. I could see that. Interesting. I could see that. I it would be a, I'm on board. Yeah, it would be a really weird lethal weapon, but I could see that. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That's you, what yeah, it means. You got, yeah, you've got to come out with some director. Donner's not going to excite people. you got to come no. out with a director that is topical, that is new. Mm. Um, if you can convince that lethal, um, sorry, the uh, John Wick guy. Uh, Stahelski. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Stahelski yeah. would be great. I mean, he helped out on Birds of Prey with some of the stunt stuff. Yep. So why not bring Stahelski into this situation and see what he can do with a lethal weapon uh, a film? Or if you got real stones, you throw you back up that uh, the dump truck and you ask Ryan Coogler to come on and do this thing. I was thinking Ryan Coogler would, yeah. would be a really would be a really nice touch actually. But mm-hmm. also the guy who I've completely forgotten his name and it's always difficult to say. Um, the guy who did the the Tron sequel, Tron Legacy, and is doing Top Gun. Uh, Maverick. Oh, Maverick, yeah. yeah. Uh, he did Oblivion and stuff like yes. that. I really like the way that he does action set pieces. I think the way he frames those are, are beautiful and very, very effective. I think Tom, uh, Top Gun Maverick is, is going to be um, a real test of faith to see if that he can replicate that and uh, with that kind of material and then really you know make it financially work. So I would I would be very open for, for him to, mm. to have a look at this. But, I mean, to be honest with you, we, we've talked about a lot of guys, and it's not like, eh, give it to a woman, but... You know, there are some women out there who do sure. action particularly well. We've seen this before. I mean, whether you're looking at Wonder Woman or whether you're looking at Point Break, you know, I mean, a movie that is literally testicles. Hmm. It's so ma- it's so male, oh, directed yeah, yeah. by Catherine Bigelow, yeah. right. who is a woman. Yeah. Um, so I think there are a lot of women out there who really get this action as well. I mean, that would be, for me, would be something that I would I would like to see. The guy who consider. did uh, But Deadpool? it's about the ideas and the vision over yeah. what's between their legs, ultimately, yeah, for me. The guy who did, who did the Deadpool might be a good uh, idea, Miller? too. Tim Miller. The Tim Miller, oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Or even the guy who did the second one. Yeah. I just feel like they're both... They did Atomic Blonde. Yeah. So, Atomic I mean... Great. Yeah, I and, and Tim obviously did uh, the most recent Terminator movie. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which... Again, it was kind of hands tied rather than than anything else. Really, by yeah. from a studio yeah. point of view, it was kind of limited by that. Um, but yeah, no, I mean some great some great ideas. And um, do comment in the chat the people that you would like to to, to have uh, direct it. Some comments on this story already. Zeno Hour uh, will lead the weapon five. Uh, maybe be just two hours of Riggs yelling at his baby mama. Uh, <laughs> Uh, maybe it can oh, wow. take place in Israel too. Too soon. Oh, wow. Zeno Hour. Wow. That's that is a deep cut, Zeno. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Naughty Zeno Hour. Uh, Yash saying under twenty fives have craved a rush hour for uh, way too long. That's yeah. possible. Well, I think the rush hour is more. I possible think rush than hour is better. Yeah. I, I think the cast of Rush Hour. Have craved a rush hour for the longest <laughs> time. Uh, Zeno Hour, Simon. Seriously though, Lethal Weapon Five would be a very good project for HBO Max. I do think that really, that if it headed to, to streaming or something like that, I think would be would be better. Would be really really good. And HBO Max don't really have any movies. Yeah, you know, under their under oh, that, their, their the power right now. Yeah, the, the Snyder, Snyder cut. Yeah. The Snyder cut. Yeah, of course, coming. Of course. It's coming soon. Uh, hashtag, coming soon. Hashtag <laughs> a theatrical release uh, might not be successful, but an HBO Max release would work absolutely. A lot of people on this. Uh, if they are younger, I wouldn't mind a Pew and Haddish combo. You know, Pew, I'm on board with Haddish. No, I don't know. Uh, no, Haddish is Haddish is burning. Yeah, is burning for yeah. me right too now. Much, too much. Too um, much. You know, I, agree. I just I I love Tiffany and I think she's a great comedian. Yeah, but I just think it's like. Burn, burning now, and yeah. if I was her, I would much. find something different to do right now, and just go away, and then some come indie back. films. So find some indie films. Do something completely different. Yeah. Okay, let's move on from this. Uh, the Fast Nine trailer is going to be dropping later today. A lot of anticipation for this, timed, of course, to coincide with Brexit. 
Um, <laughs> lots of posters and teasers uh, came out this week for this, uh, including a very odd scene with them standing over a baby, giving th- them a cross, and it's like, the future's coming for you. I, do you know what? <laughs> I, I have... I, I really enjoy the, the Fast and Furious franchise. The Fast franchise. Um, but I do find it a little bit spotty mm. on installments. And my gut feeling on this... I'm a, I'm a, I'm a little bit maybe this is not going to be it's going to make it's going to make a lot of money but I don't think it's going to be their finest hour. The last one I was mm. very disappointed yeah. in. Yeah. Very disappointed. So are you a looking forward to the trailer and b are you how confident are you that Fast 9 is is going to deliver? Honestly, I'm not looking forward to this at all. Okay. Um I feel like the last one was kind of like I, I kind of wanted to end, and then I was thinking that when they did these spinoff movies, that was going to be the direction that they were going to take. Mm. Um, the marketing so far has been—I almost feel like people are mocking it. Like mm. there's like that one poster where everyone's like, arms. "It's like it's like a Power Ranger movie," yeah, yeah, yeah. and then uh, just the fact that they're trying to put John Cena in this movie to replace Dwayne Johnson—like yeah. that's not going to happen. Right. Like Dwayne Johnson has such a better screen presence. I don't know. I, I, I think it I think it's gonna be lukewarm. I really do. Yeah. And I think audiences I mean, I know everyone's been on board. This has been a very interesting franchise because it started off strong and then went to total shit and then it kind of redeemed itself. Mm. But it's been spotty the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. I mean, Paul Walker's unfortunate death really I think took a toll on this franchise. I mean, it was nice that they paid tribute to him. But I think, again, it's just like they're pushing it a little bit too far. I would have ended it there and done yeah. spin-offs. I would have got to, like, the Hobbs and yeah. Shaw-style stuff sooner. Yeah. I would have done that. Yeah. Uh, John, your thoughts on this? Well, this is the, uh, I'm in the weird position of, like, I love these kinds of yeah. movies. However, um, yes, I agree with you. As much as I love them, there have been moments, even the ones that are the most beloved, like Five or whatever, there's yeah. still incredible amount of unbelievability that mm. happened. There's no way you're dragging that safe through Brazil and not getting executed right after you get out of the car. I mean, just yeah. all of it, the unbelievability of these films can get on your nerves at times. It was, and I'm willing to suspend it all the way to the end of, you know, the the top of the theater, but when you're watching it, you're like, well, where's the character development? Where's the connections here? And you talk about nostalgia. We're They're getting a bit long in the tooth themselves. Yeah. Even yeah. if Paul had remained alive, unfortunate passing of Paul... They still would have been a little longer. Who's the new generation coming in that's going to kind of replace them? They don't really do that. Cena doesn't work. Cena's near the age of, of Vin Diesel, so yeah. that's not really young blood you're putting in here. And just like in the WWE, Cena could never replace The Rock. He's certainly not going to be able to replace The Rock's wow. charisma and charm like he is. Although Cena's great in train wreck, I don't think he's going to replace the charm that The Rock brings, that kind of, mm. uh, you know, just that it factor that The Rock brings to stuff. So to me, this is about them holding on because what else does Vin have? Yeah. Vin doesn't have it. Nothing else works. And certainly Bloodshot. That no, nothing else. Out. Yeah, Bloodshot. Oh, my God. Bloodshot's going to be terrible. Whoa. And I love Bloodshot. I'm mad that's happening. Whoa. But, like, th- this situation, I-, I think they're kind of pushing the limit. I mean, The Rock handling a nuclear weapon with mm. his hand? Yeah. That yeah. was like, yeah. as you said, Scott, that was like the limit of how far <laughs> you can go with this. So I don't know what you do next. And to me, I get, I get the babies are involved. Charlize Theron is an interesting X Factor, though. Is she now going to be a... Uh, good guy in this mm. situation like they did with Statham are they going to do that we'll see but I'm, I'm curious to see what the reception is they're having a big concert this weekend in Miami I think it's tonight yeah. and yeah. all this kind of stuff to send it off so we'll see if it yields box office results and if it doesn't 
I don't know what Vin does going forward. I, yeah. I, I want to address something that you yeah. brought up with Charlize Theron. Yeah. And I, I feel like Charlize Theron is like one of the most incredible actresses working today. Yeah. And someone who can pretty much do anything she wants. Yep. But if you look at her her records over the last couple of years, mm-hmm. it's almost like nothing of quality. I, I hate to say this, but Ooh. nothing of like really strong quality that nothing she's lasting. done. Yeah. yeah, something that would have a long-lasting quality to it has really landed. Well, she got nominated for Bombshell, right? I know, but like people oh, are not but... talking about yes, that movie. True. It's not doing well. Um, long Shot, which I thought was great. Yeah. Tully, which was incredible. Yeah. Like, it's just... We're talking, again, in our box, we're talking about her. Yeah. But is the world talking about no. her? And then you have these movies like Atomic Blonde and this one... And people are like talking about her, but I'm like, I think she's so much better. This but, is an example of like these other actors, you know, not saying that they're horrible, but they're like they belong in mm-hmm, these franchises. Mm-hmm. She's so much better than these franchises. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, most people will be wondering where Charlize Theron. The average, no, what I call normal people. Yes, mm-hmm. normal people outside of this bubble, outside of film Twitter, outside yeah. of all our, you know, japery and fuckery. Um, they, they'll be wondering where she's been since. The Mad Max movie. <laughs> right, yeah, right. Yeah. Where's she been? What yeah, has she done? Yeah. What has she done? Like 15 movies. Yeah. Right, but right. nobody knew they were coming out. Nobody saw them. I think also the fact with, you know, we've seen that, that uh, you know, as, as lovely as, as John is, John is not really a box office draw generally mm-hmm. uh, in the way that Dwayne Johnson is. Yes. You know, all the movies that he's done, you know, have done a okay, Bumblebee. They try to use him as like the, 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 the rock for Bumblebee. Yeah. Didn't work. Uh, they tried to use him, obviously, in kids' movies. It hasn't really been a massive draw. Oh, yeah, that fireman film. Yeah, the fireman <laughs> that movie. That came and went, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, literally, right, that was fire. like a, the yeah. fire in a yeah. saucepan. It was just yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. didn't happen. Even Ferdinand, right? What did that oh, do? Yeah, Ferdinand that did, did nothing. Well. Yeah. He, he, he just doesn't... He, and this is another mm. example of just because you like X doesn't mean people will turn out for X. Yeah. And, you know, he is one of many, many people who have transcended from the ring to the big screen and with, with various different measures of success. Yeah. There is an audience, but that audience is not particularly large and is not why people buy tickets. No, no. He, he, he's good in broad comedies, right? That's yeah. where Cena works best, yes, yeah. right? Whereas Dwayne is good in the action films and the occasional dramatic turn like uh, uh, Snitch. That was actually oh, yeah. a damn good yeah. film by him. But Batista is the one that I think, and I've said this already, I think that's the one that will get nominated for an Oscar down the road. A Best Supporting Actor down the road. The man studies this business and this craft. He studies studies the arts. So we'll see how it turns out. But yeah, Cena's the one that, like, okay, he's the populist. What are you going to put him in? This will work. I just don't think this will work to the level that the the Dwayne Johnson stuff works. And he doesn't have the elements, as you say, you know, mentioned Dwayne Johnson, but even Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger is not a great actor, but there's something about Arnie's presence that in all of his movies, I mean, even though he was, you know, more wooden than the Amazon, you know, (laughs) seriously, he's just like so incredibly wooden, but there's something about his performance. Even in Terminator Dark Fate, Mm. where it's like, it's not a great performance, but there's certain, there's a dead panel. He can utilize his woodenness to to give something that is genuinely has audiences connected with which is a a very special skill Cena for me doesn't have that so uh, we're going to move on from this in a second but do you think that this could be the first fast movie to not make a billion dollars in the longest time no I still think it's going to make you think it'll make Mm, a billion I still think so I think like Rise of Skywalker it'll crawl across that billion just by name and just by nostalgia alone but the but it'll be a law of diminishing returns like we saw with the Transformers franchise which I'll defend but the Transformers franchise it's a law of diminishing 
diminishing returns. I think it'll start to happen here with this film, that's for sure. Well, yeah. as we know in Hollywood, uh, quality doesn't necessarily mean profit, and profit mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean quality. So welcome to Hollywood, everybody! <laughs> Crushing those dreams! <laughs> uh, going back to Lethal Weapon, a couple of really good suggestions, actually. Interesting, uh, Jenna James has said, uh, what about Kevin Hart and Ryan Reynolds' combo if they go young male? I could see... Do you know what? It, uh, that combo, obviously Ryan and Kevin weren't in this movie, but it was actually the movie that Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling did together, The yeah, Nice Guys, oh, which yeah. I think is the closest thing we've come to a Lethal Weapon movie in the longest time. And actually it was better than certainly Lethal Weapon 4 by some considerable mm. margin. And then Yash suggested, what about Shane Black directing? Shane Black has a very, very good taste for delivering really tasty action yeah, movies like yeah. this with character driven by two guys being sassy ass and I think could also play very well with some of the other elements if you are bringing in sort of more women or younger yeah. audiences he can play with that really well he's shown that in a number of movies so what do you think about Shane Black and what do you think about maybe Kevin Hart Ryan Reynolds I would say no to Ryan only Ryan because he's done Reynolds, a lot of things like this yeah. he's like Ryan Reynolds like nah he's nah. got a he's you talk about another actor who needs to be right. doing something different mm. Ryan Reynolds needs to be right. doing something different. Because as much as that free guy looks like fun, yeah, so it's, like, it's literally Deadpool again. Like mm-hmm. it's just yeah. my God, he just it's the same thing. And I mean, even in that Six Underground, it's Deadpool again. Like it's like okay, what about Adam Driver? Because we've Adam seen Driver Adam Driver can do anything. He really can. But he's funny. He is <laughs> yeah. so dry. He's yeah. drier than he's a nun's yeah. shop. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. And I think that but I think he would be die good. Is oh. so underrated. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he won't go to the premiere. He won't watch no. the film. <laughs> no. um, I, I think Shane Black is an interesting suggestion because Shane Black wrote the original movie. Yeah. So to have to kind of close that loop and have him come back and direct the last one. And by the way, the last yeah. one was supposed to be the last yeah, one. Right. That's why they right. did that whole montage during the credits of all those production set photos. They were saying goodbye to the franchise. And so to if you're gonna open it back up again, Shane Black's an interesting choice, and he needs to redeem himself from that horrific. Predator movie, so Oh, why my not? God, that yeah. movie. That movie yeah. was horrific. Can I just say, in, in these Lethal Weapon movies, there's always, like, a Leo Getz or some guy in the office oh, yeah. that <laughs> tries to help and fuck things up or do whatever. Yeah. Can we cast Paul Walter Hauser as that guy? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Can yeah. we cast him as that guy in this movie? You know, either as, like, a criminal that they have to protect or, you know, a bumbling guy who mm-hmm. ends up saving the day. That kind of guy. He would be incredible in that. I he hasn't done comedy, in, really. I would rather have him in the new Ghostbusters movie which is not going to happen no. but it's That's I would have loved to have him in that I know you want him in this it's going to be awkward yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jenna James Taika Waititi uh, Dave Filoni Taika or Bryce Dallas Howard Taika Waititi will be good but Taika's mm. got a plate that's so full right now uh, what about a Ryan Johnson I was just going to say that Ryan Johnson after Knives Out yeah and we've seen him do action, love it or hate it, The Last Jedi. Uh, you know, and in other movies like Looper and stuff like that. So Ryan could be... Ryan. Make it John Boyega and Daisy Ridley. There yeah, you yeah, go. Oh, oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Boom. Andy Serkis will also be in there somewhere. And a, and a bomb so badly. Yeah. Uh, like the, everything else they do outside of Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what have they been doing for the last couple of years? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think oh, Jenna has suggested a, a Taraji P. Henson uh, Pew combo. Ooh. That's not bad. That's not yeah. bad. I like to I've heard shitter suggestions. Taraji's a badass. So, uh, yeah, so that's interesting. So lots of thoughts on that. Uh, let's move on from uh, Fast 9 and Lethal Weapon 5 uh, to the Birds of Prey reactions this week. Embargoed, no full reviews. Uh, we have seen it, though, and we all tweeted our reactions. Yeah. Uh, Scott, what was your reaction first? I loved all? it. Okay. I really did. Um, just thought it was 
what it was like to be inside the mind mm. of Harley Quinn. And it, the movie is purposely like kind of like in your face and all over the place, but it's also so incredibly meta and mm. self-aware. Yep. And I didn't expect this movie to be as much fun as it was. Mm -hmm. I, I was, and I've been on this show many times, and I said that the trailers did nothing for me. Mm, yeah. This is a perfect example of a bad trailer, but a really great movie. Mm. I think that's fair. Yeah. yeah, I have to echo your sentiments. I think it's an enjoyable as hell movie. Yeah. And I think Margot Robbie really <laughs> gets to spread her wings as Harley Quinn in this movie. I think that's the number one thing walking out of this yeah. is seeing. You talk about Charlize Theron being above the material. You could almost see moments as you watch this yeah. movie that Margot Robbie was above this material yeah. because she's so damn good as an actress now. She brings such pathos yeah. to the Harley Quinn story uh, beyond the joke of the cheese was in the mouth. There's actually moments where she's growing as a human being and you see her growing by the levels that she's playing with. And, mo and you're like, this isn't a comic book movie? Yeah. With this madness that's all going around and this multicolored madness or technicolor madness is going on all around you. So for me, overall, that's what I take away from it. Yeah. Great action sequences. Yeah, the story gets a bit weird, but they get away with it because it's through Harley Quinn's eyes. Yeah. And everything's kind of weird anyway in her mind. Yeah. So yeah, she's an unreliable narrator, so it all completely works. And everybody who comes it comes to this thing brings their A game yeah. uh, for and has fun. And you can feel that. And I just want to say really quick, mm -hmm. I, I mean, with this movie and also Shazam, yeah. this is how you do inclusion in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And this is what's something that people don't yeah, understand. Yeah, yeah. It's not shoehorning. Yeah, like, it's, not like, shoe it's not like, hey, we did Black Panther. Hey, we did Mulan. This is like, hey, here's a movie. And guess what? All the characters are from all different backgrounds. Yeah. What a thought. What a thought. And right. we don't need to make a big to-do about it. Yeah. Right. That's what I love the most about it. Just seeing everyone kind of come together. And I'm like, wow, this is great. And this represents a city. And it totally is. To exactly. It totally works because you said it in a city like that. It's absolutely believable. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I was expecting. I enjoyed it. Um, I was a little bit concerned because Warner have not exactly been forthcoming with no, making this movie accessible to people. Um, and that usually is not a good sign. I was expecting a movie that is um, was richer and darker. Um, but I, what we got was this, this actually sort of lighter Technicolor palette, mm -hmm. which I actually enjoyed. For me, the movie, I, I enjoy the movie, but it was that finale that really delivered for me. And standouts were certainly, I mean, Margot Robbie, given she was great. I, mean, I didn't think she was as good as in this as she was in Suicide Squad as really? Harley Quinn. Oh, wow. I preferred okay. her in that, but... There are really? elements of this where I'm like, I like that more. Mm. So overall, I enjoyed her more in, in Suicide Squad, but there are elements of this where I'm like, yeah, that's tasty. I like that. Uh, it, for me, it, it was it was um, uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead uh, mm. as, as Huntress and uh, and um, uh, Ewan McGregor um, as the super campy and delicious <laughs> bad guy. I mean, he was he was literally having a ball. Yeah. Um, I don't know where. He got that characterization from and that sass, but I could sit down and talk to him about that day. Uh, it's it, you know, the, I think the reaction sometimes we come, and this is going to be my next thing. Uh, sometimes we come out of these movies and people are just that jizzing in their pants over mm. these movies. Movie of the year, best thing ever, best superhero movie ever, best comic <laughs> movie, all in caps. Uh, and, you know, often you go and see it and you're like, you, you know what? It, just calm the fuck down. It was, it was good. <laughs> but it's like you've never seen a moving image before. <laughs> Slow your roll. But this, the responses appeared to be metered and considered supportive and surprised, but actually possibly one of the most 
I dare I say, normal and, and rational yeah. Yeah. analysis of the movie that I've seen, especially for a comic book movie, yes. for the longest time. Yeah. Right. You but, know? But it's usually it's like, Captain Marvel cured my blindness! Fuck off, Captain! No, yeah. it wasn't that good. Uh, you, you, I think, Scott, your point earlier makes an incredible amount of sense considering what he just said because this idea that it's... It, it just kind of presents it for the way it is, and then people consume it, and they saw the trailers and didn't feel like the trailers were teasing a good movie. So when yeah. they went in, they were pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Still with some issues, I'm sure, but pleasantly surprised overall by what they got. So that's reflected in the tweeted uh, reviews, I think, of the movie. Well, like if any movie that comes out that's studio, there is no perfect studio movie. Right. No. All right? I don't even know, think any, there's any, any perfect movie in general. Any director, any DOP will always come to you. There was at least something on a movie where it's like, oh, yeah. I didn't quite like yeah, it. Yeah, and, and what I love about this, and I, and I actually give credit to uh, David Sandberg uh, for this, uh, you know, he did that little breakout in uh, Shazam, showing mm-hmm. what was wrong with the scene right. and how he had to film it. This is something that I think DC is is finally doing now, and they're finally getting. And I, I posted about this yesterday or the day before. They're 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 doing their own thing mm. now, and like every movie is different in tone, it has a different style, yep. has different humor, yeah. And it's just this is refreshing. Mm-hmm. It's not formulaic anymore. They're doing something that no other franchise is doing. Right. They're just taking risks. They're pushing boundaries. Not everything's perfect about him, but by God, they're trying. And yeah, that's, yeah. that means something. And the DC fans yes. love this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I remember being a kid reading comic books. I went to Marvel for certain things, and I went to DC for other things. Mm-hmm. And to see, th- and when they were both great, yep. it was so much fun. Yeah. So to see, D- see DC having, like, figuring it all, having figured it out, and now taking these chances, as you said, Scott, yeah. and seeing the success, like over a billion dollars for Joker, 11 Oscar nominations, you got to say... They have righted the ship overall. Everyone keeps waiting for them to fall again. Those days are done. If they they might have a failure, but it's not going to be a consistent amount of failure. So you're like, okay, let's see what's next. It gets you yeah. excited for what's coming next, and that's all you could have wanted after these last three years. And the thing with Joker, which which I think is so important to point out, is that there has been so much conversation circling that movie yeah. since it came out at toronto it, yeah. there was like a lot of just buzz at venice and then toronto it kind of started a conversation and you know there was all these controversies around it but i feel like you know a lot of people have been talking about what good the movie has done in some ways yep. and what yeah. bad is done in other ways but i think when you have a film that's so divided its audiences i think that really says that the movie worked mm-hmm. yeah because we're, it's so easy to universally praise something I mean, I think it's like, oh, this was great. La La Land was great. Everyone loves La La Land. But, like, to have something where it's divisive and mm-hmm. people say, I got so much out of this. And other people yeah. are like, oh, it's so hollow. It's like, what movie did you see? And yeah. then, like, you kind of have this intelligent debate, which is missing so much from film criticism nowadays. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, being being in that room um, this week where everybody was watching it, there were hardcore fanboys oh and girls. Oh, my God, yeah. And, and, and yeah. others. Right. And it sometimes you can watch a movie and you can go, oh, fuck, this is just fanboy service. This is just like, mm-hmm. you've just done, like, throw a thing at a dartboard, you know, fanboy bingo, and include this and include that. Um, this didn't feel like that, and certainly the response from from fanboys they were you know very satisfied, but mm-hmm. not like mine. There wasn't this. It was almost like so many were very happy that it is it is a more accessible movie. Yes, 
if yeah. you don't, and the biggest problem is this. And my wife is a really good barometer of this. It's like she couldn't give you know a rat's ass about most of these movies. If you can get her interested, then you've you've done a good job, mm. and she's interested in this movie now. Whether she'll pay seventeen dollars to go and see it in a movie theater, I don't don't know. But for someone who, if you can interest anybody, and this goes for any movie at all, the yes. real skill is if you can get somebody who gives zero fuck to give just one fuck. Mm. You're on the right road, and that's really cool. Everybody else will give the same old fucks that they want to give, which is great. <laughs> uh, a lot of people here talking about, you know, um, uh, Joker and Bird of Prey are having underwhelming trailers and apparently are making the product interesting and unique. Yash, absolutely, don't what? give too much the away. The trailer could have won an award. Oh, what yeah, are you talking about? Yeah. It's like the, one of the best trailers of the year. <laughs> yeah. You know, Sky Patterson, uh, I think that a Gotham City Sirens film directed by Karen Kusama uh, and written by uh, Christina Hodson uh, with Lady Gaga as Poison Ivy, uh, Elsa Go- and Gonzalez as Killer Frost, and Constance Wu as Lady Shiva would be cool. Do you know what? I don't... Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a great idea, but I think one one of the successes of, of Birds of Prey, and obviously we can't do full reviews of the movie, is the fact that it, you know, it doesn't feel pressured into doing anything. It does, it does no. what it wants and it feels yeah. confident in that. Mm-hmm. And that confidence is very evident right through from performances, from w- whatever. Mm-hmm. And even if it's flawed, even if it's something you don't like, the confidence is there. And mm-hmm. I think that is something that, that will certainly appeal. But I, I think the reactions are, are more... I also just real quick because I know like we'll be talking about this more in like sure. next week, but um, I just have to say that what's great about it is too is a lot of people are like so worried about this just being a Harley Quinn movie, yeah. yeah. And no. and for the most part, like it has a lot to do with that. Yep. But it does like an origin story almost right where mm-hmm. it's like kind of like this is what's going to happen next, yeah. And you kind of like you get an idea of how they came together, but not enough detail where you're like, oh, I'm not interested in the standalone movie. Now you're right. kind of like. Okay, now I want that movie next. Right, yeah. right. So it does such a great job of so many things. You got to give a shout out to Kathy Ann as well. We yeah, even oh, mentioned my God, her. Kat, yeah, she did great, a great job. Yeah, yeah, yeah really, job really, really good. Yeah. But, 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 John, she's a woman. But she's a woman, John. Uh, okay, so Birds of Prey, uh, really strong reactions. And like we say, you know, the takeaway from that is the fact that keep an eye out for reviews that come out next week. Uh, but the takeaway is the fact that the, the responses are, are metered and, and reasonable and they are more reliable than we've seen with other movies. A uh, story that broke this week, uh, Taron Egerton uh, in talks to take the lead in Little Shop of Horrors remake. Not the first person to be linked to this. Apparently he's going to play uh, the, the love interest in the shop, uh, Sidney Crowbourne. Um, obviously, Josh Gad was linked to that. Uh, you know, about two years ago, I spoke to him about it at D twenty three, and he would not confirm or deny either way. I think Josh might have moved away from this now. Uh, Taron, obviously, hot off the back of Elton John. <laughs> Sorry. Um, uh, Speaking of dick, yes, go ahead. Coming right off the back of Elton John, um, uh, Taron Egerton uh, is very hot in Hollywood, continues to be hot, uh, is a very hot male individual, uh, ticks all the boxes, which is why some people are saying he shouldn't do this role. We know he's got the pipes. We know he can do this. He's played the role uh, when he was in uh, a, 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 an amateur theatre production, uh, you know, when he was, he was sort of, you know, starting out in his career. They're saying he's too hot. No. To be to no. be this character that was Seymour played originally by yeah by no. by Rick Moranis. No, that's no. ridiculous. Go see Eddie the Eagle and tell me how hot he yeah, looks. Yeah, Eddie the yeah, Eagle, yeah. Right? yeah. Eddie the Eagle looked like someone had got his face and gone like. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. Eddie Eagle's not the best looking yeah. dude. And also in in also I would argue in El, in, uh, in Rocket Man. Man. Yeah, there are some. I mean, yeah. Elton not the best looking dude. So you've got some shots of him that aren't necessarily the best. So I think it t- especially when he's deep into his drug stuff in the movie. Yeah. he's shown that he can look really nebbish or really kind of like 
out of it or, or kind of like not as attractive as you think. Look, you don't have to do monster with, with him like you do with Charlize, <laughs> but you can the fucking do, elephant man. Exactly. You can do some little changes to make him be Seymour Crow. It's not like Rick Manis is an ugly I guess dude. I was going to say, like, he's not that bad looking. Come on now. Yeah. But Jesus. the rumors I hear too is Scarlett Johansson. There I have a problem. Because yeah. I would like to have someone who's more in a in the kind of conversation of Ellen Green, the original lady mm. who did it on, on in the movie and also on stage, than than someone like Scarlett Johansson. Then the two hot conversation I think makes sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, in all fairness, wasn't Lady Gaga rumored at one point for this? No problem. Yeah. I think like Taryn and Lady Gaga, mm. that would be a really great combo. Buying my tickets. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I mean, I, like I, Hollywood, let's make this happen right now. I love <laughs> I love Little Shop of Horrors. Anyway. Me too. It's oh, one yeah. of my favorite my musicals of all time. Yeah, I literally I watch that alone. In a, in a movie theater in the Castle Movie Theater in Swansea in South Wales where I grew up, I sat on my own and everybody was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" I was, you know, a kid and I was. And the guy literally bought the ticket went, "You know, this is a musical, right?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm going in there." And it's like, "You know, there's no one else in there, right?" And I was like, "Yep, yep, yep, I don't care." And I loved it. And you know, it's actually amazing to watch it on your own in a movie theater. It was a beautiful, beautiful movie theater. Uh, also used to show pornos. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, that was a little cock of horrors. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I genuinely, I, I watch this movie so often. I've got it on mm. so many formats. I love all the horrors. endings. It's yeah. Little Shop of Horrors. Little Shop of Horrors. horrors. Yeah. Okay, horrors, but yeah, Google yeah. the other one, but it's not on your own computer on somebody else's. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I would love to see Taron in this role. Yeah. Uh, if it was between him or Josh, I would love to see it. My only oh, concern is the fact that I don't want Taron to be seen as just a song and dance man because we know he can sing. He's done a couple of movies where he can sing. He was getting a little bit shoehorned into the uh, the, the the action thing, you know, post-Kingsman. He did a couple of other things like that. Did a couple of other movies that nobody really saw. Uh, he did Eddie the Eagle, which yeah. is probably the thing that is the most I love it. Yeah. different for him. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I would, I would love to see him in this. So Gaga for female love interest. Anybody yeah. else you'd like to see in there? Mr. Oh, oh! So someone asked in there who should voice uh, Audrey too. Oh, well, I yeah. think Ken, Ken Page from who did Oogie Boogie and Nightmare Before Christmas wow. has the perfect voice for that. Interesting. Mm. Ah, that's good choices. Good choices. I ah. mean, there is apparently someone linked to it already. Who is uh, it? It's um, a Billy Porter. Is apparently. Oh, it's linked. not a bad choice. I would love. I love This is like becoming the, the like the best movie ever right now. We're casting <laughs> this. Right. Let's, let's just Seriously, do it. I mean, but, yeah, Come out, Warner Brothers. Are they going to put human faces on the plants, though? <laughs> yeah, are they yeah. going to do that? And like cats? Jellical, yeah. jellical plants. Oh, jellical oh, plants. Gosh. Jellical, jellical plants. God, Jesus that experience. Christ. That experience. Fucking awful. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, I mean, J- Billy Porter, yeah, anybody I like else? I don't know if I have any. Lizzo. No, Lizzo's no. very big right now. Oh, Lizzo with like a flute. A female Audrey, too? Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah. Like, oh, could Maybe. Be. Suppose that could work. I mean, and also going back to like how timely, you know, like Little Shop of Horrors mm. dated back to the 50s. Yeah. Mm. All right. Yeah. And then it, a lot they, of people don't realize that. No. Nope. a Roger Corman Roger movie. Corman movie. Right. And then Black they and had White, the 80s movie mm. uh, remake, and it's been on Broadway and off Broadway so yep. many different times, mm-hmm. and there's been so many different casting right. uh, within this movie. But it's always had a great vibe of both um, African American culture in there too yeah mm-hmm. you know skid row and things of that nature oh i love skid row tremendous yeah. listen uh, when, when i was a musical theater nerd shock and in high school and i remember going to see my friend his first year in college we went up to boston 
and we got super drunk, and we sat out on a bench in the middle of Boston <laughs> Park, and we sang the entire uh, uh, soundtrack of Little Shop yeah. of Horrors sitting on the bench. Two Boston cops came up to us and just stood there and was listening. were listening to us. We were so drunk, we didn't even notice them, and they were like, good stuff, and walked on. That show is so great. Mm. It transcends so much from the 50s on now, so it, it still would work. We were talking about Lethal Weapon not working. This, I think, would absolutely work if you found the right cast to make it. Yeah. To make it and you could even throw in little topical references. Yeah. References, right? That would have well, double meanings as your. That book. was actually what I was going to ask you yeah. next. What do you think? Should they do the original e- ending that they stuck with for the oh, movie, right. or should they do the director's cut? Which is more because depressing. the director's cut ending could kind of tie more into what's going on in society right now, right? Mm. Where she sacrifices herself for Seymour, right? Yeah. Right? Where she gets willfully spoiler. Eaten. Yeah. Oh yeah. Spoiler. <laughs> spoiler. It's seven Come on, decades look, John, old. John, spoiler. people, people have only had thirty years to watch this movie. Uh, we, we, this is a spoiler-free show. <laughs> I apologize. Thanks, Jen. You fucking ruined Lindsay Harris, man. You know what's good is if you close the loop by bringing Jack Nicholson back yeah. to play yeah. the owner of the floor. Oh my the, god, the that would be shop. great. Why? That wouldn't that work? That you close would be the cool. loop. That would be cool. Just an idea. We're sending this to Warner Brothers at the (laughs) end. Uh, We got it. Perfect. It's going to be a ton of money. Biggest (laughs) music movie of all time. I just need to see it. It's going to be huge. huge. I just need to see it. Like the Irishman. The Irishman. It's Irishman, the musical. Three. (laughs) That's not my face. Uh, okay, so uh, people saying in the chat, uh, Cammy Egan saying, uh, bring in uh, Lin Manuel Miranda to. No, 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 stop it! No, no, stop it! No, 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 no. I'm so okay, sick so, of him being brought up for all this fucking, stuff. I mean, I love, love Lin Manuel Miranda. Just, no, Ooh. he did not help Mary Poppins at all. Yeah, I worried about In the Heights. I'm it, very what worried. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, terrible. Uh, okay, let's move on to another musical thing. Uh, we've got about 15 minutes left on the show. We're getting through a lot oh, today. Oh, no, really? <laughs> I know. Like, seriously. Uh, really? Do, would you want to go now? Yeah, no, no. no, no I'm just put another 30. Uh, new Matilda movie in the works based on the Tony Award winning musical. Obviously started out as a Roald Dahl book. Yep. Then was a non-musical movie, which was very popular in the uh, yes. 80s, late 80s, early, early 90s. 90s. Early, early 90s. 90s. Uh, and then was turned into a musical, which has done fantastic, oh, fantastically yeah. well. Tim Minchin wrote the book for that. Did a fantastic job. Uh, now it's going to become a musical movie. Uh, apparently it's a Netflix movie. Uh, saw on uh, social media the other day that apparently uh, Rafe Fiennes is it Rafe Fiennes? Je- uh, Rafe Fiennes is being lined up for that? Ralph no. Wow. Who played uh, Voldemort? Yeah, Rafe Fiennes. Rafe Fiennes. Yeah, Fiennes is being is being lined up and Emma Stone is being lined up. He's, he's going to play Trunchbull mm. and Emma Stone is apparently being lined up as well for a oh. role in the movie. How true that is I do not know because the internet is Full of shit. Yeah. Um, but, you know, two interesting things. But what do you think about this? Not Netflix. No? Like, mu- movie musical deserves to be on a big screen. Mm, How true. can you watch that at home? Come It'd on. It'd be one of those movies that they put in theaters. Yeah. Mm. They need to. But to be fair, we did discover growing up, wherever, whenever we grew up, Musicals on the television. We mm. discovered Singing in the Rain. No, how many of us actually went to see in the theaters in the eighties, nineties, or two thousand? Yeah, true. So, yeah. so I mean, there is a way to do it. But a new musical, you make a great. Yeah, film. a new musical, you want it to have the, the spectacle, full spectacle right yeah. of a movie theater. Agreed, agreed. Give me a remake of the Wiz. A remake the of Wiz. the Wiz, yeah. A remake of the Wiz with yeah. some of our. Current I'm surprised talent. they haven't done that yet. They did that NBC live show. Ugh. Don't just, it doesn't count. They very, they very rarely work. Just yeah. because they did it yeah. doesn't make it right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there is a current spate at the moment of these movies that started out as non-musicals becoming musicals, then becoming uh, musical movies again. Obviously, uh, Mean Girls 
uh, which yeah. turned into a Broadway musical, right. and then that's now being turned into a thing again. Hairspray, Hairspray. another great example. Right. Hairspray, oh, Hairspray is great. Uh, yeah, so lots of those. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm interested in this. I'm going to see how that goes along. Okay, we've got uh, just over ten minutes left on the show, so Scott, very quickly, um, hmm. uh, Sundance, you were there. Yes, uh, had a great time. Uh, what are your headlines from Sundance this year? Your your sort of three big takeaways. Okay, right? so. The movie that everyone's going to be talking about from now until probably the end of the year is Promising Young Woman. Okay. This movie with Carrie Mulligan is a departure from everything that we've seen her do before. Yeah. It also stars Bo Burnham, mm. departure from anything we've seen him do before. Um, this is an in-your-face take on sexual abuse, textual, uh, sexual assault. Wow. Right. And it has more twists and turns in an M. Night Shyamalan movie, and I mean that in a good way, and it is ballsy as fuck. Ballsy, ballsy, ballsy. First movie of the year that I gave a perfect 10 out of 10 score to. Wow. wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's 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 a must-see. Focus is going to have a field day when this comes out, because I think word of mouth is going to be huge on this one, and I think... And I hope that it can go beyond our little box of film critics yep. and go into the world. I know it's, again, a hard sell because Carrie is a very popular actress within our in our little wheelhouse mm-hmm. hero. But she's not that big with the mainstream audiences. Yep. So it might be a little bit of a hard sell, but it's really worth seeing. When is it coming out? Uh, is there a I don't date? know. Okay, fine. I don't okay. know. Um, Minari, uh, which is an A24 film, which they made up for Zola, in my opinion. I know okay. people have mixed, very mixed reviews on Zola. Some people really love it. Some people hate it. I hated it. Um, but Minari um, is this new film from the Burning Director, okay. uh, which came out a year or two ago, which, again, in our in our like film world, was a big deal. Yep. Not so much outside of it. But I think this is a film, just based on the reactions that I saw at Sundance, um, might have the potential of being this year's Parasite. Wow. Where it's another movie from, you know, uh, mainly Korean cast, uh, 90% of it subtitled. Uh, it's a story about a, a family who moves from California to, I think it's Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And they, the man dreams of supporting his family by starting a farm. And the wife is kind of like, Let's go back to California. You don't need this. We we can just live our fine life there. And he's just really passionate about it. Grandma gets involved. Some twists and turns happen. I don't want to spoil it, but it's it's a movie that I think will have people laughing. It'll have people crying. It's a, it's a weird combination almost between Parasite and The Farewell in some ways. Interesting. Uh, so I think it's going to work really really well. And then I'm, I'm curious to see how many um, actors from Hollywood are going to start moving over to doing appearing in some of these Asian movies. It worked very, very well for Aquafina, and uh, you know it would be an interesting, pardon the front, pardon the, the phrase, but an interesting career move um, if they were to do mm. that to go and do some of these Korean movies and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, and then two little movies I want to give shout outs to that I don't feel are going to have uh, big reactions from pretty much outside of film festivals. Uh, one's called Black Bear with Aubrey Plaza. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been a big fan of Aubrey Plaza for a while, but, like, my God, like, the last couple of years she's made some really bad moves. Yep. Um, like, at Dave Wedding Dates and all those movies like that. Child's Play. Oh, uh, Child's West. Play, yeah, yeah. She She's hit or miss, um, but this is the strongest performance that I've seen, and it's 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 told in two, two different parts, very mm. similar to Waves, where, like, mm. one thing happens and then another thing happens, but they're the same story, just told from a different perspective. 
Uh, I've never seen her this good. I mean, it's like she's funny, but she's really super dramatic. She bears her soul in this movie. Wow. Really powerful stuff. Mm. And then another one that I like is called Save Yourselves, okay. which is a very quirky, uh, small little uh, indie comedy. Uh, it's got one of the girls from Glow in it, and I think the uh, other guy is from uh, another one of the TV shows, but not very popular, well-known actors, okay. um, about the end of the world, but told through this couple who goes away to a cabin in the woods because essentially they want to put their computer screens away, they want to turn your cell, their cell phones off, and then they wind up finding out that there's an alien invasion. That has killed pretty much all of humanity. It's a documentary. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Great. That sounds that sounds really interesting. Yeah. Freaky, but slightly interesting. Thanks for that, Scott. No problem. Uh, okay. Box office this weekend. Uh, Bad Boys for Life is likely to hold on. I mean, there's nothing really to give no. it any any competition right now. Yeah. Uh, Bad Boys for Life. This is according to Box Office Mojo, who is sometimes off. Uh, about another weekend of uh, about 17.7 million this weekend. Number two, they're saying is going to be 1917. 12 million. If you haven't seen 1917. Do go and yeah. catch it this week because in the Oscars, I think that's going to be something that is going to take quite a few awards. And a lot of people go, I haven't seen that movie. Go and see that movie. Go and see the movie and stop calling it a fucking video game. Oh, I, I know. It's so I, aggravating. I, I, I see some. I want to choke the life out of them for saying that. It is such an insult to an incredibly well directed yeah. film from an incredible director and a phenomenal, legendary cinematographer. With some great characterization yes. that you do not have any time to set them up. I mean, it really is a triumph. Yeah. Uh, Gretel and Hansel, apparently, uh, a box office mojo saying it's going to be in third place. I would be very surprised uh, with $8 million. Uh, Doolittle Ben uh, uh, coming up behind with four, uh, just under, just over $7 million, And The Gentleman uh, in fifth place, uh, followed by Jumanji, Rhythm Section, also out this week, uh, Star Wars, uh, Little Women, and turning in the top ten. Mm. Uh, I'd be very surprised if Gretel and, and Hansel uh, beat uh, Rhythm Section this week. Uh, but clearly it's going to be Bad Boys uh, weekend until next week, obviously, when Birds of Prey comes yeah, out. And that's yeah. looking at a hundred million weekend, which I think is very doable. This has been quietly a good January. Yeah. No, wouldn't you say? Like, it, it, there, it, it's not a couple great. of things have snuck in. But yeah, yeah. So it's like, you know, these are usually the grave. This is usually the graveyard month, but this has actually been a damn decent month. It's, it's, yeah, it's not been the worst January yeah. that, that we've had. I mean, you know, it's, it's been, I mean, a lot of movies have been in and out, you know, right. Quicker than a cat burglar. But, <laughs> well, uh, Doolittle, right. That's what oh, I Doolittle. Doolittle. Right. I mean, there's a, like a boss came out right. three weeks ago. But I like mean, a boss didn't get bad reviews, did it? Or yeah, did it, get, it, yeah, it did. Yeah, it didn't get great reviews. And also, nobody turned out. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk about the movies coming out this week. I think I'm the only one that's seen Gretel and Hansel. Yeah. Uh, for me, that's a movie. Uh, it's a nice short movie, which is nice. Which is rare. <laughs> uh, it's worth three Irishmen. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, get three of these in one Irishman. Uh, Gretel and Hansel. I mean, it looks amazing, but I'll be honest with you. Uh, as much as they try to build suspense and fear and creepiness, it just didn't do that for me. I know some people who experienced it. Mm. Uh, for me, it was probably, you know, if I was giving it a cinema score, because they're really popular right now, I'd probably give it a D. Uh, maybe wow. a D plus. Okay. You know, it's not a bad movie, but it it you know it looks great, but that's kind of it. I'd stick it on in a bar and have it playing in the background, but I wouldn't necessarily follow the movie. I didn't mm. think it was great. Uh, rhythm section, though, we have all seen. I, believe. I haven't you seen haven't it. Seen you it. haven't seen it. Okay. Uh, it's it's a new thriller. Um, it's, it's it's an adaptation. It's kind of like a female yeah. born would kind of be yeah. kind of a way to describe mm. it. Uh, a woman out to get revenge and, and, and right the wrongs for her family being killed uh, in a plane crash. Uh, the right. lead actor is is great. Uh, Mrs. Yeah. Mrs. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, sure. Blake Lively. Uh, Blake Lively um, doing a great job. But the film for me, for an action movie, I don't know about you, John, but it, it, it kind of left me um, slightly... 
unexcited, yeah. uh, not on the edge of my seat. And they could have cut 30 minutes out and kept it tighter and it would have had been more effective. Yeah, it's, uh, no, it, the thing I'll say this is there's a there was a great movie here somewhere. Yeah. And and I think that's what you walk away out of this movie thinking. It's like, I like that they took a real realistic approach about someone, a regular person of age of 25, 30 years old trying to become an assassin late in life. It's not easy to do. Mm. And the stumbling nature of it, right? It's akin to the Dark Knight story, the beginning, the first few missions, he messes up and you know gets hurt all the time. So logically, a person's not just to become an assassin overnight or even after six months to be really good at it. I like that conventional approach, a non-conventional approach, but then it cops out with too many conventions throughout that it, that it, it um, removes its authenticity yeah. throughout the movie. Blake Lively, great Jude Law, doing what he does always, yep. gives a good performance, but to me, in the end, it just doesn't work and you see the twist coming a mile away and you're just like damn it damn it damn it so i I just think somewhere and this is a a woman who's directed the handmaid a handmaid's tale a few episodes of handmaid's tale so uh, i think she's a damn good director i just think something happened in the editing where they lost what could have been a really damn good movie it just felt a little bit flabby uh that didn't feel the tension that didn't feel considering what is at stake i didn't feel like anything was really at stake yes it was more of a getting from a to b there were certain elements of it that just kind of didn't gel right for me yeah it was a little bit sporadic uh, and the action scenes were obviously they're really selling this movie on the yeah. action and the intrigue just didn't land they didn't mm. really hold my attention which was a bit of a surprise but it's definitely uh, the two leads that are really the ones like yeah. you say I saw the ending coming a mile off with, with this kind of thing it's like you're kind of like you're waiting for the thing that you think is going to happen to happen rather than going what could possibly happen do you happen? feel like it deserved to be pushed back the year that it was I don't think it would have made much difference, yeah. to be honest with you. Um, I, it, personally, I would have just I would have just sold this to streaming, and I think people when you when you can do that, I think people would be more likely to put eyes in front of it and butts mm-hmm. on seats at home than they are to go. I mean, nobody's going this weekend. What are you going to do? I'm going to go and see the rhythm section. Well, right. kind you of know. going back to that, uh, just real quick. So there was something that came up at Sundance quite uh, quite a lot this year, and I was thinking about it a lot is when I was watching the majority of these films, okay? So, like, maybe something like Minari or um, Promising Young Women, uh, that those movies aside, Mm. I feel like most of these films, I'm like, who are these for? Like, who's going to watch these movies? Like, are these going to go in a theater? And one of the topics that kind of came up was how many movies Netflix had there. Mm. Like, they had Horse Girl, and they had the... The movie that no one's going to be talking about ever, the D. Rees movie, which is right. so embarrassingly, embarrassingly awful Ouch. in like every way, into everyone who's in it. I mean, you got some great actors in it, but it's just bad. But this is starting to become more and more of a conversation. Things that I'm hearing you say that, like, ah, oh, this should have been dumped on streaming. This mm-hmm. should have been dumped on streaming. This should. Now I think we're starting to look at movies in that light and like how maybe a movie like Irishman should have been cut a little bit more Mm -hmm. and went on the big screen Mm -hmm. but how rhythm section should have belonged on the small screen Mm -hmm. yeah and uh, this will be interesting how this kind of plays out in the next couple of years I think we're going to see a lot more movies being pushed to these streaming services. I think there's just that there needs to be in Hollywood generally there needs to be people you know uh, not being so stuck this blind faith mentality that we have it's like where you need to go okay we need to write this shit we need to take it on a slightly different path. I mean let's be honest Joker was not meant to be a big box office movie nope. that was meant to be a side project something that was like a, a you know a folly of fancy that was going to be oh we're going to try this out. 
Look at that billion dollar movie. Mm. And I just think, you know, it needs to be the model needs to be a little bit more flexible all the way along the road. And there's nothing wrong with being on streaming. There's some great things on streaming yeah. that that whole stigma has now disappeared. But doesn't mean you can just just fucking do what you want. And use test screenings to your advantage, right? They do yeah. so many of these now. I mean, you posted it earlier this week that, you know, Halloween is doing a test screening and something else is test screening mm-hmm. this yeah. week. You know, it was Saw. It was a Chris Rock Saw movie. Okay, yeah. so like you literally like you 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 have these resources available, and you can know after doing a couple of them, yeah. what the vibe is going to be because you're screening them mainly to the general public, yeah. and then sneak a couple critics in there, people who you trust, have them see it, give you their honest opinion, yeah. and you know, like you don't have to. How, I mean, this is what this is why Jason Blum is such a brilliant yep. man and a brilliant businessman yeah. is that he knows what he's doing he knows when he sees a movie this can go to a screen yeah this can go on a streaming service mm-hmm. this goes direct to on demand whatever yeah. he knows yeah. no, 100%. other people didn't do that uh, uh, talking talk to sneaking in there we've got to sneak the fuck out of here because we've run out of time the hour's over uh, thank you so dude seriously these, this was a great show yeah, yeah thank you guys yeah. we covered so much stuff i really appreciate it for those people who don't know who you are scott Menzel, where can we find you can find me on twitter and instagram at the other scott m uh, uh, John Roca. Yeah, you can find me at the Roca Says on Twitter and Instagram, and also please go to my YouTube channel, www.youtube.com slash John Roca Says. And my name is Simon Thompson. You can find me at Showbiz Simon on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you so much. If you are watching the show for the first time, it's lovely to have you. If you're watching it for the multiple time, it's nice to have you back. Happy New Year, everybody. Have a great month. Get ready for the Oscars this week. Catch up on those movies you have not seen, and the show will hopefully be back next week. Thank you so much, because without you, <laughs> there's no point us being here. Enjoy movies. We do, and your opinion is totally fine. Take care. <laughs> From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of its owners or principals.